Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Steve Gould's uh, really helpfully, I listened to it, opened up our series this uh, term on foundations. And uh, can we just have the vision cycle picture? Have you got that? One. Oh no, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, I'll just move quickly um, on with it. But he, he helpfully uh, began to unpack this series that we're looking at this term around foundations. You'll know what we're doing is we've kind of got three phases for what we're doing as a church each year, or we're at least this is the first time we're doing it. This term, we're, we're foundational, and uh, so we're teaching on foundations, and uh, we're running alpha um, next term where we're going to go deeper, we'll, we'll maybe unpack a book of the Bible or a, a character in the Bible. And then the third term, which is the term leading up to the summer, uh, we're much more outreach. And we'll be doing some stuff around that. So that's kind of how we're unpacking the vision God has given us to build a, a church that glorifies his name and serves the community at the same time. So that's part of what we're doing, this vision. The other thing that you'll remember we did when we talked about the vision is we did a two-question survey. We did a two-question survey. um, This is back in July, I think it was. And we asked the question, um, what can you give to Beacon? And we asked a second question, uh, what's your dream for Beacon? Um, The top answer to what can you give to Beacon um, by, by a long way was prayer. Uh, more people said, I, I can pray for the church uh, than anything else. And, and that's a really good thing because prayer is foundational for all that we do. Much of what we do as, as, as a church, even food bank, cap, and all those other things, have come out of prayer. They've come out of a gathering of leaders every Wednesday morning, leaders from around Brixton that come together, and we were praying, and it was through prayer that we took young people to New Day. It was through prayer that we launched the cap. Uh, ministry. So those things have come out of prayer and on Tuesday we're praying. So I'm hoping that many of us will come gather together in order to pray. In answer to the second question, it was a little bit more interesting. What's my dream for Beacon? There were two, so it's, it's one question and the answer, there was one answer, but there were two parts to the answer. Yeah, this was the most a popular answer on this second question. What's my dream for Beacon? Growth. That was what most of you put down. And, but it wasn't just growth. You separated growth in two ways. Many, there was as many people that said, we want to see Beacon grow. We want to see the numbers of people come into the church increase. But just as many people said, we want to grow. I want to grow as a Christian. I want to see the church grow, more people, but I want to grow as a Christian. And those were the answers. And and we decided at that point that we would take those, um, uh, some of those answers and that we would speak into them this, uh, just during this season. And I am going to speak now into growth. I just need to make one adjustment to this because it keeps going off.
So the survey told us that we wanted to grow. And the Bible talks about growth. Here's one of the most well-known passages in the Bible on growth. In Colossians chapter 1, it says this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up in heaven for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you. As indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Let's pray. Father, uh, my prayer this morning is is one of uh, a thankful and grateful heart for all that you've done uh, from 2011 when we said we'd get involved with Food Bank to this day, the, the hundreds and thousands of people that have been fed, the dozens and dozens of people who have been touched by your Holy Spirit and those that have joined us in this community. We give you thanks for all that you've done. Father, I pray in these moments for open hearts to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thankfulness is often linked to growth. And this passage talks about growth. You see, the gospel is a seed. The gospel isn't just some words that you recite and remember. It's a seed. It's a living thing that if it gets into your heart, it will cause, it will grow, it will develop. This is why there are more Christians on the planet today than there were uh, when Christianity first started. And that's, in some ways, you say, well, that's really obvious. Um, when it first started, there were 12, Jesus gathered 12 and a few others. And when he had died and rose again, there were 120 people in a room. And those 120 people in that room were praying. They were praying and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It waters this seed that is inside of them and the seed begins to grow. Yeah? And the two things, the two things that we ask for with growth begin to happen. First of all, the individuals begin to grow, but also the numbers of them begin to grow. And those two things begin to happen at that time. So the Bible, the gospel, is something that grows. That is without doubt. If it's not going to grow, it's because we've stopped it in some way. It will grow because it is a seed. Secondly, God has spoken to us as a church about growth. And uh, to be fair, we haven't spoken much about it, but I was reminded after conversations really with Steve Oliver, after looking at our uh, vision about things that God had said about growth. Back in 2009, uh, Julian Adams said, um, don't despise these days of small beginnings because I am building something much bigger and much larger than you anticipate. And then there was another prophetic word that came even before the church launched. It talked about reaching everyone in the area. And this is what it says. Beacon Church will, capitals, reach everyone in the central area. And then it says, no flat house, mansion, squat, street, alleyway, etc. will be left unreached. God will make sure of this. And as moths are attracted to light, so individual people and whole 
communities, regardless of background, class, age, culture, will be attracted, stroke, drawn to Beacon Church. So God has, already, God has prophesied growth to us, and also the word tells us that things grow. So, really quickly, how do I grow spiritually? How do I grow? How do you grow spiritually? How do I make it work? You will know that Pauline and I love our garden. Yeah, we do. We love our garden. I mean, we don't love it like... I don't love the garden like I love Pauline, but I love... (laughs) I do love the garden. And if you knew us at all, you would be very surprised that we love the garden. Yeah? It's not the kind of thing that we would really love. I remember a few years ago, a couple of years ago, Lucy came to our house, Pete and Lucy came to our house, and Lucy thought, and, and she was looking at the garden, she thought, wow, look at this garden. She said, do you ever go in it? I said, oh, no, not really. And she was like, I can't believe that. How, you've got a garden that you don't even use. It was like sacrilegious. But for us, it was like just hard work. But we have grown to love our garden. And I've noticed this about plants. Thinking about how do I grow spiritually. I've noticed this about plants in the garden. In the right conditions, plants will always grow, and they do it by themselves. Yeah? We don't stand by the plants and go, way to go, come on. Come on, you roses. Get it out there. We don't do that. Yeah? We just look. Yeah? That's all we do is we just look. They will always grow. And they do it in two ways. It happens in two ways. First of all, externally and obviously, and the other way is internally, and it's not so obvious. The first way, uh, which is actually the other way around, roots go down into the soil to find water. We don't see that, but it happens. Yeah? And you know it happens because when you try to move a plant, you can't move it. Yeah? Because the roots have gone down, and, and, and wherever the plant is, roots will go down to find water, or they'll go out, they just kind of spread. They'll always go to find water. And, uh, and that's the way it works. The better the soul's ability to retain water, the better they will grow. Yeah? I've learned that. I didn't know that. Yeah? I've learned that. I, normally, Pauline tells me these things, so I'm just repeating what I've been told. Um, but also, I've seen it for myself. But the second way that plants grow is their leaves always reach out for the sunlight. Like wherever, wherever it is. And you sometimes see plants and they look a bit odd, oh, they're all twisted around. It's because, oh, that's where I get the sun. They're reaching out for the sunlight. And if you ever buy a plant, there's always a little bit of instruction and it says, oh, this plant needs shaded area, sunlight, full sunlight, or whatever it is. They always reach for the sun because that's how they grow. And if you plant it in the right place, sometimes you don't even need to water it. You just plant it in the right place. You can think positive thoughts, you can think negative thoughts. It will grow. Yeah, because that's what plants do. Plants grow because that's what seeds do. Seeds cause growth. Yeah. Now, we grow in a very similar kind of way. Yeah, we don't plant in the garden. You know, you understand what I mean. But we grow externally through our environment, our interactions, and our responses to people and circumstances around us. That is how you grow. Yeah, you learn stuff. Yeah, you say the wrong thing to a friend and then you go, oh my goodness, next time I'm not going to do that. Or you do something else, you go, oh, okay, I've got to learn. Yeah, that's how you grow. You grow through the interaction that you have in life and you grow through the circumstances that you go through in life. 
If you don't realise that's how you grow, and you think you grow in another way, then you're going to miss every opportunity that God gives you to grow. If you simply think you grow by, um, you know, just by being, or you grow on your own, then, then you're missing something. Yeah? You grow through encounters with people. We were just at a conference the last couple of days, and Bill Hybels, uh, who leads this, this massive global leadership summit conference, he says this, the main value of the conference is the value of humility. That's what he says. Humility, why does he say that? Humility allows you the potential to learn from everyone you meet and every situation or circumstance you encounter. And that's how you grow. You, you, you live in a world where you go, I can learn from everything. I can learn from everyone I meet and I can learn from every situation I'm in. And if you think about it like that, then, then you can grow a lot, actually. If you don't think about it like that, there'll be some ways where you just won't grow. You won't develop. You won't move on. And you'll, you'll hit the same issues that maybe you were hitting five years ago, and you go, why do I still struggle with that thing? Well, every time you get there, you just back away. Yeah? You grow by your, how you respond to those encounters. That's one of the ways you grow. That's the external way you grow, is to do with the circumstances around you, the people around you. But the second way you grow as a Christian is you feed yourself. You feed yourself. What you put into you. The Bible talks about what goes into you is what makes you clean or unclean. Yeah? What will you feed yourself with? What will you allow to influence how you operate? What kind of environment will you absorb? That's how you grow. It's an internal thing. It's the roots thing, and it's the, it's the leaves thing. The leaves go, leaves go for sunlight. The roots go down looking for water. If I want to grow internally, I feed myself with stuff. If I grow externally, I become aware of my relationships and my situations, and I go into everything as a learner. I can learn from everyone and everything. There's a third aspect to growth, which maybe plants don't share as much. And it really links. We grow better in community than we do in isolation. And one reason is obvious. It's the whole interaction thing. But there's another one. When I am alone, I do not have the necessary tools to solve all my problems. I do not have it all in my hands to solve every situation I face. I do not have it all in my hands to understand every dynamic. I don't have it all to understand the personality issues, to understand the reasons why I back off. I don't have it all myself. If I had it all, we'd all just be perfect. We'd all just have to sit around. I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, oh, OK, I just need to sort that. I just need to sort this. I don't have it all. And I was never meant to have it all. God places me with people who interact with me and help me to grow in particular ways if I am open. So if I'm not open, I could be around people all the time and not grow at all. I could not read a book and I just won't grow. But if I am open, if I put myself in those situations, I can grow. So our growth is similar to plants, but it's obviously slightly different. 
So how then, if, if my external growth is around circumstances, people, how I interact, how I respond, what my attitude is, if it's about that, how is my internal growth done? How do I feed myself? Because every Christian, as we've said even in our survey, we want to grow. Yeah? I want to grow. I want to be better. Yeah, I don't want to be making the same mistakes. It would be awful if, if, you, if I overheard... I don't overhear this, but if I imagine me walking down, I overheard someone say, he always says that thing. And no one's ever said, oh, Owen, you always say that thing. So I, and so I don't grow when that happens. So how do you feed yourself? Sometimes we need help with this, but this is how, as a Christian, you can feed yourself quite deliberately. When you come to church on a Sunday, when you're in your small group, when you're with your friends, when you read the Bible, when you pray, you're open. Your heart is open. How do you make your heart open? Do you know what? One of the things that we were challenged with over this weekend, these last two days, Friday, Saturday, at this conference, is will we be a yes people? Will we be people who say yes to stuff before we say no to stuff? Before we say maybe? Will I come to God with yes, Lord? Remember the story of Samuel? And how he approached God. And he, did, he, couldn't under, he didn't hear the voice of God. He didn't recognise the voice of God. When he did recognise the voice of God, Eli said to him, when you hear that voice again, say, yes, Lord. Will we be like that? Because that's one of the ways that we're open, that we come to church, we know someone's going to speak, you've heard them again and again and again, but you come again, you close your eyes, you say, Lord, I'm open. Yes, Lord. If we take that approach, we grow. But if we close ourselves off, if we go, I've heard this a hundred times, I've heard this a thousand times, actually, you've heard it a thousand times, but it hasn't impacted you and you don't grow. So if you want to grow, if you want to feed yourself, you need to be open. Open to what you hear week by week, open to your interactions in your small group, open to your friends around you when your friends maybe challenge you or, or comfort you or encourage you, whatever it is, be open. Yeah? Open-hearted people grow. Closed-hearted people, they don't realise it, but you die. You're either growing or you're dying. You're not, you're not, it's not like, well, do you know, am I going to grow or am I going to die? There's no kind of middle ground. Life's not full of middle grounds. You go into the garden... Plants are either flourishing or they're dying. And you can either maybe help the dying plant if you know anything. I don't, all I do is water. That's all I do. I get this thing, I just put the water on it. And Paulie says, no, 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 no. It needs something more than just the water, I mean. But things are either growing or they're dying. So are you growing? Are we growing? Because that's what we say we want. We want to grow spiritually. Yeah? And some of you wrote that. I want to grow. I, w- I want to be better. I want my life to be better. I, w- I, w- I want to do great things for God. I want my life to count. That's what, that's what we mean. We want to grow. Now, obviously, there are numbers of ways that we can do church and all of those things. But another way you grow is, is to read the Bible. And I know you go, yeah, well, I know that. I just want to encourage you to keep reading the Bible. 
And to think about reading the Bible, not as, oh, I've got this really big book, I'm just trying to read through it. I don't understand all the words. Don't think about it like that. Think about the Bible as food. It's food for the Christian. Yeah? Now, I'm, I'm not a particular lover of, of like, broccoli. Yeah? As, as a vegetable. I'm not, like, a particular lover of that. I wouldn't say I don't have broccoli pictures or I don't particularly love broccoli. But I will eat broccoli and the like because it's food. And food feeds me. I, mean, I just love food, so I suppose that's yeah, it's not the best illustration because I would love food, whatever. But, but it feeds me. I don't know the science behind broccoli. I don't necessarily know how it grows. Even now, if I'm really honest, I don't know how it grows. I just know that if I keep eating, I grow. Yeah? And do you know what? I might be the, the pastor of the church, but I take that very simple attitude with the Bible. I simply read it. I don't try and understand everything. I don't try and work out, so what did he mean by that? What did he mean in, you know, BC 21 when he's... I I don't always know the answer to those things, but I'm like, I don't need to know. I'm reading the Bible because as I read the Bible with an open heart, I grow. And that's how I do it. That is literally how I do it. The other thing you can do which I just wanted to encourage, is read the Bible, yes, and find some time in your day where you can do that. It's really helpful if you want to grow as a Christian, is you can read good Christian books. Yeah, it's another way of growing. Yeah, it's to read good Christian books. And I've just bought one or two books, and I've got one or two tips on how to read. No, no, don't, no let me rephrase that, because many of you know how to read. Yeah? <laughs> All of you know how to read. So I didn't mean it like it sounded. But I brought some books. Actually, I'll talk about them in a minute. But I would give you these tips to read because what I mean by how to read is how do I read in such a way that I keep on growing? Yeah? How do I read in such a way that, that I'm continuously reading and I'm a continuously growing rather than... Um, you know, I read a book you know, about two years ago. I read a book. It's really good. Really good. Yeah? How do I avoid that? How do I avoid that? So here are some tips for reading. And these aren't, please, this is not just what I do. These are just tips, I think, for reading. First tip, I would say, develop a habit. I would go as far as to say this. Don't binge read unless you're on holiday or you've got like a long trip. Don't get a book and go, oh my goodness, this book is fantastic. I'm not going to cook dinner tonight because this is what Pauline does. Pauline gets a book and then she's reading and reading and reading. I say, my love, are we going to eat? Oh, no, just, I'm just reading my book. I'm like, I'm just reading the book. Oh, this book's really good. I'll be finished soon. I'll be finished soon. Reading the book. Finishes the book. Yeah? When you read a book like that, so you finish a book in 24 hours, yeah? But you will do 24-hour books once every three years. Yeah? Because you just don't have time. So you go... Well, and I'll say, oh, here's a good book. And you'll go, oh, yeah, okay, but pff, this doesn't look as exciting as this book. It's not a 24-hour book. I'll just leave that. Don't, don't binge read. You don't binge eat. Well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we don't binge eat. What I would say is if you don't binge read, 
it means you're more likely to read a broader selection of books because it won't be limited to whether the book is exciting. Yeah? If you don't binge read, if you, if you just read, yeah? develop a habit of reading maybe a chapter of a book a day. You don't need to do it in one go. Over the course of your waking hours, you're going to read about nine pages of a book. In total, it might take you 30 minutes. Yeah? But if you do that, and you make a habit of that, you will keep growing as a Christian. Secondly, always have the purpose in mind when you're reading. So when, as a Christian, when you read the Bible, when you read Christian books, remember what I said, it's more like eating. It's not about entertainment. It might be an entertaining book, but it's not about the entertainment. It's about the eating. Broccoli does not entertain me in any way. Yeah? But I eat it regularly. I just eat. Oh, I eat broccoli. But it's not entertaining. It's food to feed me. Books, good Christian books, are food to feed you. I keep having to use the word good because some books are published and they're not good. Yeah? So good Christian books are there to feed you. Always have that in mind. And the way they feed you and cause you to grow, you're growing your knowledge of God, you're growing your faith, you're growing your understanding, you're growing your hunger for him, you're growing your fruitfulness in life, you'll love God more, you'll love people more, etc., etc. If you have run out of love for God, if you feel dry, don't think to yourself, oh, maybe just, you know what, I just feel a bit dry, maybe I need a new, maybe I need a new start, maybe I just need to do something different. Maybe I need a new check. No, don't go like that. If you feel dry, find something that's going to help you, feed you. When plants, if, if a plant loses its way through to the sun, it will find another way. It always does because it's about survival. Plants reach to the sun for survival and we reach to God for survival. And then when you survive, you thrive. That's how it works. Next thing, keep it up, as I say. If you're used to reading, so some of you are used to reading, you're really good reading. Yeah, yeah, I've read, I've read all the books. I mean, I've read all the books. Yeah? Well, keep reading books. And if you don't think you can find another new book to read, go and read your old books again. They were that good. There is always more to learn, and you can always go deeper. And it may be that you want to use your ability to read and absorb you want to master a particular aspect of the faith and help others with it. You can, there's never a point where you can stop, where you go, do you know what, I've, I've done the reading thing, yeah? Or I'm not a reader. Because naturally, let me be honest, I'm not a reader, naturally. I'm not, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who just sits and watches the football. That would be me, yeah? I read because it helps me to grow. That's why I do it. What I would say there then if you're like, okay, okay, I'm persuaded, I'm going to read. Start with biographies, Christian biographies. And I've got a few that I'm just going to really mention very, very quickly. These are some of my favourite biographies in the whole world. Yeah? <laughs> this one, and, and these books you can borrow. Yeah, they're just here. I really hope that I don't take them home, but someone goes, oh, do you know what I'm going to read? This book, Shadow of the Almighty, The Life and Testimony of Jim Elliot. So hands up if you know who Jim Elliot is. Yeah, a few of us. That means loads of you should be fighting for this book because you don't know Jim Elliot. But Jim Elliot, it's hugely um, uh, inspiring. 
Yeah? He was one of five young men who, who was murdered by a tribe in Ecuador that they were trying to reach for the gospel. Yeah? And this book, The Shadow of the Almighty, was never meant to be a book. It was his diary entries. It was him just writing about his life, writing about his desire to reach these people, writing about his passion for God. That's what this book is. In the end, they just published it because he died. It was like it led to thousands of young people going on missions. Yeah, because it was so inspiring. Yeah, so I would read that. And then this other book, Through the Gates of Splendor, is actually written by his wife, who wasn't killed. She survived. She writes her account of it. And in fact, she becomes a well-known author. I mean, she's about 89. I'm not even sure she's still alive. She died last year. Okay, so she became a well-known author, writing lots and lots of different kinds of books. But do you know what? I'll just give it, say this one thing, that after those five men died, the wives went back. They went back. And they saw numbers of those tribal folk saved, including some of those who carried out that killing. So I'll just tell you that those two books, they are magnificent. If you want to be inspired read them. A couple of other biographies. Um, a really old one. I love old books, as uh, Phil will always tell you. I just read old books, um, and he's right. John Wesley, yeah, if you've ever heard of the Methodist Church, John Wesley began Methodism um, in the mid-18th century, 18th century, yeah, I think it was, where there was a massive revival, the last mass revival uh, that happened in this country where hundreds of thousands of people got saved. John Wesley was the guy that was behind that. A great biography. And this one, very recent and very local, Dreadlocks. Yeah? This is the story of Les Isaac, who's, who's been to our church, who started Street Pastors. He's behind, he's behind every pastor's group. Street pastors, school pastors, Olympic pastors, rail pastors. They've got pastors for everything. He's behind it. Yeah? This is his story, and it's, it's a fantastic read. Yeah? So I would encourage you, read biographies. Here's another one, Paul Yonggi Cho, book on prayer. Paul Yonggi Cho, I don't know whether it still is, he was, like, he was leading the largest church in the world, a million people in South Korea. They've got a place there called Prayer Mountain where thousands of people pray 24 hours a day. So you can read that book. Anyway, I'm actually preaching not to any of that book, so... So read, read biographies. Then, oh, very quickly, run through this. So then, that's how we grow as individuals. Really quickly, how can we grow as a church? Yeah, how can we grow as a church? So some of these, are, I think I've been persuaded by, by others. I know John has been very persuasive on some of these things I'm going to mention. First of all, prayer. Remember prayer? We all want to pray. Let's pray about growth. We come to God. When God speaks, we pray back to him what he's spoken. We pray back the promises. Prayer must be our foundation, and we start this Tuesday. Secondly, to be a welcoming community. People love a great welcome. It's really interesting. I've been thinking about this. I'm being challenged about this. Pauline and I went to a restaurant the other, um, uh, back in September. Our girls bought us something for our, our, our birthdays, and we eventually got to go to it on our wedding anniversary. And we went to this restaurant in Park Lane, which was a hotel. And, uh, you know, we're not the kind of Park Lane people, so we even phoned up and said, 
uh, you know, what do we wear, you know, when we come to Park Lane? And they said, oh, it doesn't matter what you wear. And so I was thinking, oh, good, that's good, because it won't really matter what I wear then if you say that to me. Anyway, we turned into this road, and it was just, it was just posh places, yeah? And on the right was a really posh place, and on the left was a slightly less posh place, and that was the place that we were going. So we wandered in, and we got in there. And, and to be honest, because we don't live in that kind of world, we're a little bit like, okay, are we doing the right thing here? Should we walk this way? Or do we, we didn't know what to do. But it was amazing because the service that we received was just wonderful. The, probably the best we'd ever had in any place we'd been. And this, this waitress was just really kind and, and explained. And, and being people who don't normally go to those kinds of places, she was really, uh, she put us at our ease. She said, oh, it doesn't matter. You just need to sit down. She said, you're fine. You'll be OK. And we're, OK, well, yeah. And then, obviously, we, we tucked into the food, and that was easy. You know, I didn't worry about posh bits don't make any difference there. <laughs> food is food. Um, I'm sure some of you are offended at that, because posh food's nicer. No, it's just food. It helps. Um, anyway, we ate. And in fact, they were so gracious to us that, you know, she had asked about why we were here and we told her that having eaten this meal and we're just sitting back, they then brought out some cake, which we hadn't ordered or asked for. They brought out some cake with, you know, like happy anniversary. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, and I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was full, but it did not matter. We ate the cake. And, you know, as I think about that, and I think about church, and I, th- and I think about, okay, what happens when people come into church who, just like we're not used to going into those kinds of places, they're not used to coming into here. What will they find when they come in? Will they find a welcoming committee? Oh, don't worry about that. No you, don't, no, you don't need to put the tie on. Don't worry, just come and sit. Is that what they'll find, or will they find people that go, oof? going on? Someone new is in the room. (laughs) How will we be when people come? Some of us, John, I just have to say, John's big on this. Yeah? Because he's bringing people from all walks of our society, and he wants when they come here that they feel welcome. So we need to go, oh, yeah, yeah. We need to be on the lookout. We need to help people feel welcome. The second way we grow, and that, and that being a, praying and being a welcoming community, if we do those things intentionally, we'll grow. Yeah. Thirdly, third way we'll grow, just doing better. We don't need to do the best, but we can just do better. We can always do better. One of the ways we grow is not by trying harder, but by doing better, being a bit smarter, thinking about, okay, maybe we could change this, maybe we could change that. Always doing that helps us to grow. Yeah? We never get to the point where we think, no, do you know what? We've got it locked. We've got it locked down. Yeah? We know. No, don't. We know. No, we don't know. Yeah? We can always do better. Little changes here, little changes there, improving this, improving that. I don't know whether how many of you have noticed we have a new website. It's fantastic. Yeah? Thanks to Toby. But also supported by Phil and John. And, and, and Toby is that kind of tinkerer. Oh, we could just do a little better here, a little better there. And that's what we need to be like. If we do that, we'll grow. 
being part of something bigger. One of the reasons we're looking into regions beyond is growth will come from just being part of something bigger. Yeah? We had the guy last week come and lead worship for us just to give our worship leaders a break. It just helps. Having a bigger vision. It's not the same as being part of something bigger, but, but being caught up in a global, having a global aspect to our vision motivates us. And for some of us, it motivates us a lot, knowing that we're touching people all across the world. John and I are going to this conference in Dubai, and Steve Oliver asked us if we would pay for someone from another country who didn't have the money to go to the conference. So we paid. We paid. One question, then I'm going to finish. Apologies for being late. In what area of your life right now do you need to grow? Let's bow our heads and I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you that the, that the gospel... That seed has been planted into our lives and it brings growth. And I pray, Father, for every person here to recognise that they have a hand in their own growth. That if we are open, uh, if we look to you, that we can grow, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances. In fact, precisely because of them. So I pray, Father, that you would come to us, you would help us. I pray we would see growth in our own lives and I pray that we would see growth as a community with the addition of other people we ask in Jesus' name. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.